Welcome to For the Love of Sports and Everything Else, a podcast of rich sporting opinions by two avid sports fans. Do you all want to start by introducing yourselves? Thanks, Danny. Um, so yeah, I'm Ariana. Um, most people call me Ari, so from here on, that's what you will, that's what you will hear. Um, so a bit, of, a bit about me. So yeah, I'm an I'm a avid sports lover, always have been, ever since I was a child. I think my connection to it has always been that some of my happiest family memories have been through sport. It's been playing football in the backyard or, you know, playing cricket with my brother, my mom, you know, my nephews and, and, and nieces. Um, as well as through that, it was just building off of my mother's and everybody will think that, you know, if you're a girl, it's your dad. But it's actually mm -hmm. my mom who gave me that passion and love for sport um, growing up in that house because it was her connection as well yeah. from a patriotic standpoint to ensure to support, oh. you know, through that sport, through, through that support, it was always through that support as well, especially if there was someone doing it great on an international level as well. So, yeah, a Trini, like especially a Trini, right? And it extends to the Caribbean. So I remember when I was younger too, it's, it's like Dwight Joe playing fast on Villa. And the time difference on a weekend, you're trying to sleep on a Saturday, but it's like prodding you, you know, Aston Villa is on, Dwight Joe is playing. And I'm like, is he my family? You know, <laughs> like, why are you, why are you waking me up? Last time I checked, he ain't my family. So, yeah, yeah. so then it's like, no, you know, he's training and he's playing for the Premier League mm -hmm. and things. And, you know, after getting it, I remember that was just the first thing. I was so annoyed because it's a Saturday, I wanted to sleep. But that was one of my first memories of understanding, you know, the lengths people go to to look at sports and enjoy sports. And seeing her as well, happy and in the game, I naturally got into it. And from that day forward, it was just no turning back. And, you know, it was Premier League, it was cricket, it was anything, you name it. So Olympics, World Cups, that's events in my household, right? Yeah. You put up calendars on the TV wall. You mark who score what. Oh you look at who gets the gold medal. You know, those types of things. So it was always, I think at the end of it, thinking about it, it always came down to those memories of good fam family. But also I just developed that love for sport um, as well. It, you know, it was an ability to see how people demonstrate the greatness of humans or mentality as well as a physicality standpoint. So, so that's, a bit, that's a bit about me. Okay. Yeah. Rest. Thanks, Ari. Um, following up on that, I am Teresa Lizamo, better known as Ress or Ressa. Um, I am a parent, first and foremost. I am a national athlete. And on the tail end of her hockey career, my love of sports comes from both parents. My mother is an avid, traditional cricket fan, so she will take us or would have taken us to the Oval mm -hmm. to see Brian Charles Lara bat. And going to the Oval for Judy is an experience, <laughs> not for the entertainment of the crowd, because you need to know the score. You need yeah. to actually be following yeah. the game. Yeah. yeah. And I have grown up watching traditional cricket due to my mother's, it is her favorite. Yeah. But my love of all other sports comes from my father. He is an avid football fan, player, spectator, 
discussion panel expert and lover of all things German. So we all know he is very happy <laughs> with one. the Champions League <laughs> that recently concluded. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe my love of sport has greatly accentuated from having a decade-long national career in field hockey. It has afforded me my education. I am a biochemist, I guess, by, prof by degree, but an accountant by profession. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my most favorite thing about sport is the discipline it affords you. You take it for granted until you're older, how many things it teaches you just by the natural nature of the being. Mm -hmm. You have to be on time. You have to manage it at the same time because everything else has to continue. Going to school, getting your work done, getting to work as you get older, while still meeting all your other responsibilities. I enjoy seeing sports, participating in sports, playing sports. My entire family plays a sport professionally in some capacities and for pure entertainment in others. Drive I have for sport is something that I took for granted until recently as I have looked into retiring. I had somebody tell me, regardless of when you step away from actively being in this sport, find something mm -hmm. to fill that gap. And they said, you do not realize how much time you have devoted to that sport until you step away and you have chunks of time. Yeah, there's a void. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea how to fill it and to, to find what you want to try to fill the void with in advance as opposed to waiting until the void hits you. Because I know for me personally, sports is my escape. Yeah. It is my mental health provider. Mm -hmm. If I go for extended periods of time without some form of exercise, I can tell everything else around me starts to take on a life of its own and tend to be the more negative thoughts as opposed to the more positive thoughts. Yeah, I think it seems insurmountable. Everything, everything else. Everything seems, everything else does, yeah. And for that, I am, you know, learning and will take advice where I can. But no, yeah. I think, I think that point you made about fill and the void, um, you know, knowing, knowing you and your... Because you played, remember when we met you, you were in volleyball when we were in high school. It was volleyball. Yes. It was in volleyball. Yeah, yeah it was volleyball. It volleyball. was, yeah, it was, it was volleyball. It was yeah. hockey. She was also quite an avid swimmer still. Yes, right. Swimmer, yeah. um, and then for me, it was, it was, cricket. it was cricket, cricket and right? Football. And cricket. Um, I did a stint in volleyball and then it was, cricket. it was, it was um, football as well. But my love is, was cricket, right? Mm -hmm. And moving in, I mean, for me, my ideal job would have been playing for West Indies cricket team, right? <laughs> that's what, that's what I wanted to do, 100%. I'm like, I want to be the opening batsman for the West Indies cricket team. Correct. But um, talking about the void is that when after high school and I started university, I started, to, um, I played in a club cricket in central Trinidad. Mm -hmm. You know, I enjoyed it, but then it, it for me, it generally just became a, um, a bit much in terms like of... Like a chore as opposed to enjoyment. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and I don't know what it was. I think it was just maybe um, a lot of changes in the environment because I changed the environment and, you know, somewhere new and... Yeah. Um, but I stumbled from a, from, a, from a physical mental health standpoint a lot by not filling um, a void. 
Um, so me, Phil, and Evoid was, was studying, but then looking back, um, you know, that could have never been. It actually, it actually added to the growth of Devoid, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think when I started my career um, in my, as a professional and I kind of started to look at what my life, ideal life would be, I quickly found that void and, you know, it, I started running and I actually started badminton at a point in time okay. um, to, to fill that. And it's always been a search, but since then, I would say running has been that ideal. But, you know, looking back at those times when I didn't have something, it was not, you know, it was not good. It wasn't good for, any, for, for me or anyone around me. I feel I was edgy. I was always, always on the edge, always couldn't find a solution. And, you know, now it's kind of getting into a routine and, you know making sure you make time for that is important that is important you making sure yeah, you make, make time. time for that because yeah. you make time for everything else mm -hmm. and then you realize 24 hours is not that long when yeah. you try to fit it in so you have to make the time you have to make the time yeah mm -hmm. what else connects you to sports in general I would say like my 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 love my number one love is cricket it is it is cricket right um quite second though is is football but um yeah i know it's football I, I i that's what i look at and you know to be honest i'm quite a sport generalist if i'm to be fair because i do follow the nba um okay. rest in peace kobe Bryant. it i've not been able and i told you that last night i've not really been able to really sit and look at a game without um without feeling a bit of the empty emptiness of that mm -hmm. as you all know i was very very um uh, broken and shaken and shattered by that um like many people around the world um and and you know in terms of my in terms of my general connection is, is i mean so my husband ravi he is also quite a a sports person himself mm -hmm. um he's an avid squash player so mm -hmm. that is his passion yeah. if he can play it every hour of the day he would <laughs> i don't hold it against him because i also tried it you know I also played and he kind of taught me a couple of things I'm I you know I'm just very average I don't think I'm by you know great at all but I can understand I can understand the appeal I can understand um why but and we also I think with with us and our relationship I think he he takes great pride in looking um not, not pride but joy mm -hmm. in watching my emotional roller coaster um you know I expect you know, very expressive and explosive in the house. And he's kind of like, there's only two of us here. We have four walls. Like, you know, you really had a... I know, uh, he's a bit... Ad he, right, I think part of the topic for, for him is, you know, you guys have to advocate for squash being part of the Olympics as well. So, you know, we'll do that for just for oh, Ravi. It's okay. an episode. You know, we must advocate. Um, and we'll go deeper into that because, you know... It's, it's not in the Olympics. It is, and can't you believe? We, we bond over a lot of that and it's... Um, you know, different angles from the social aspect to, you know, looking at it from the financial aspect, history. Um, okay. It, it, it is shocking. And I think when we get into sports, the, 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 I would say the, the not so nice side of sport, yeah. and we delve deeper, I think we'll pull up, we could kind of try to look into why probably that is. Rest, we've been in the middle of a pandemic. Um, like yourself, I'm, you know, like myself, I'm sure you've been very... Um, Fancy missing certain funnily enough two funny things, things. Mm -hmm. not so funny and not yeah. being hilarious ha -ha, <laughs> but ironic haha -ha. i detest national indoor right i recuse myself from training for that team mm -hmm. as my coach expected he himself may have banned me from trying out for that team as a man old mm -hmm. and they trained religiously 
for, I would like to say, at least three months to run up to this tournament. That tournament was supposed to start and run for one week in March. That tournament has been postponed, possibly indefinitely, probably never to be held because Miss Rona came through mm -hmm. and I did not train for that team and I cannot imagine putting in that level of work and sacrifice required to end up in the position that they are in. We tend to forget that these are people's livelihoods. Like for the NBA, for example, as much as I follow it, I took for granted all man jack in there has the monies and they are great. You start to learn that the people on the lower end of the totem pull on the roster, their salaries aren't guaranteed. Mm -hmm. They get paid, in essence, per game. Mm -hmm. So for every game that they were unable to play, they what is their paid, position? For the people who took it for granted in the past or believe that sports, the spectatorship of sport is not important, mm -hmm. you now realize how much money mm -hmm. it generates for multi-million dollar conglomerates. Mm -hmm. This is a huge money-making business. As much as it's entertainment to us, they have lost their revenue in some cases, a lot of their revenue, mm -hmm. while they have increased their expenses. Because okay. testing is not for free, Putting up the bubble is not for free. All of those restrictions. I want to interrupt you all here. So there, that brings us to my question. How, ha how have you two been coping with um, this corona and lack of content, for want of a better word? Because <laughs> I know when Last Dance came out, all sports fans were like, as if somebody no, gave it's... them water to drink and they hadn't drunk water in 10 no, years. No, seriously. Seriously. Yeah. I it could was... not believe. I think it was like, what, an hour? Because it was on ESPN. It was ESPN. And then yeah. they put it on Netflix. And what I would do to feel like I've been able to save the last moment was not look at ESPN. Not talk to anybody, anybody until who the I know came out the Sunday. Who's, who's looking at it mm -hmm. until it came out on the, the Sunday, Sunday night. night. It was yes. Sunday night. Yeah, so then Sunday I would night. wait until the tradition was Ravi and I would look at it on Monday night. Mm -hmm. And it was phones down. down just... Don't say anything. Don't, and just put it in. And let me tell you, I was curled up and I probably had goosebumps mm -hmm. for every episode, every episode for, as the, for the entire yeah. duration of the episode. It transported yeah. me back it to 1998. To... That was the last time I Correct. actively followed a and, season and of NBA exactly. basketball. And for me, it remembered when local television, like, yeah. used to yes, you would have the playoffs, yes, right? So, because my that I remember it so clearly because my yeah. dad used to have to come and wake me up and have to be like, shh, because you can't wake up, mommy, because yeah. you're not supposed to be up, up at this the, hour, up hour because yeah. it's school week. And that was the only other thing too, because that was the one time you know during the week you stay up late. You can stay up. Late. So you had to go to be finish your work, you go to bed mm -hmm. early, and then either my dad or my brother would wake me up because <laughs> you have to shh yeah. to come and watch it, and you have to be. No, no, my entire house was up. I think my entire no, no, my mother, was... my mother was not nah, on mom, it. Mom because everybody was so, up. Oh, because you get up and then you make all the noise. So you cannot go back to sleep properly to get up to get to school on yeah. time the next day. Yeah. But I like I remember it so yeah. vividly because that pace was um serious. I took a hiatus from watching basketball mm -hmm. when it <laughs> dawned on me that there was no more Michael Jordan. <laughs> Like for umpteen years, I didn't start back actively following NBA 
Probably not until about 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think for me it was 10 years. Uh, t t but. T it, it, it took a little while. I mean, to be fair, right after Jordan was Kobe, Kobe for me, for right? Yeah, yeah. So No, so like I have an appreciation for Kobe Bryant. Like there is, I can tell you where I was and what I was doing when we learned he had passed. I had just finished playing in a league indoor match, sat down in the stands next to a teammate and friend, and she watched me. She's like, news says Kobe died in a car, in a airplane crash. I was like, can't be real. Goes to Google. Did not see it immediately when I posted. I said, well, yeah, what? Google don't have it, so it's a lie. Refresh page. Goes to Twitter. And if Woj has a report, it is accurate 100%. That was his tweet. And I was like, well, this is where we sit down. I do not believe players played effectively for the rest of that evening from the time yeah, the news up. hit in hockey at home. And that was the oh. indoor well, the, the Rockets, because remember, I was in Houston at that time. Yes. And the Rockets were actually... Because of their, their it was their game, and mm -hmm. they did not know until it came up on the screen, screen, right? Um, and they were actually warming up on the court before the game, right? And everyone is in the arena, and it's only when you can. I remember the news coming and seeing Harden's face, and ev like looking at everyone, like what you, you seeing what what I'm seeing, kind of thing. Um, but I was on the couch on a Sunday, just just like chilling and stuff, and I actually was getting ready to look at the the, the Rockets game. game. Um, and I saw the news, and um, same thing with you. I refreshed, I refreshed, I looked, I went on Instagram. I Everything. went on every single site you can to just say no, no, no is one of those stories. You're not always killing somebody. And then, and um, then, when they, yeah, when I hope. turned the, the TV on the news channel and they said it's been confirmed, I walked out of the TV room, I went into my, um, to my closet in the dark, I sat in a corner. And I cried for about an hour. I did not move. It hurt to my core. And just speaking about it now, um, because it, you know, as, as Teresa is talking about the the the, the goat is like, from I think I messaged for, you for, that you same did. day you when have I messaged found me. out. You would have messaged me the same because time because there are two people that I know of. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. and they are both female and they are both avid Laker fans yeah, and. Kobe fans, like, when I found out and I had actual proof, I will just message you, see if you're okay, yeah. and then whenever you're ready, you will tell us. That was the exact message, and I think for me, it's just him as a, as, well, frizzy mama mentality, I can relate to, because that's, that's all me, so like him calling in that and seeing him mm -hmm. live it is amazing, but I think off the court, just looking at his stories and looking at, you know, the wife and his family and how they, he interacts with them and how they see him as well. I think it's just, he personifies something that was great, um, you know, uh, about, um, you know, a man of color. You know, that's mm -hmm. what it was, a family man, a man who was with his family, you know, not this typical deadbeat that the media love to portray. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, especially <laughs> as a girl dad too and so yeah. active. I think that's that what made, terrible. yeah, you know, that, that made it extra beautiful, so. And what, so, else, yeah. what else made you, allowed you to cope and, and whatnot? So, it, last dance, Instagram, what? I went to school in the U.S. and I went to school in a very tiny, microscopic 
dot of a city mm -hmm. in the U.S., in Redneck Country. Mm -hmm. So I, the, the players that I gravitate towards are the ones that tend to be the people of color, yeah. the mm -hmm. minorities, in any of the sports that I follow. Mm -hmm. And I like to follow to see in their everyday lives, especially those who let you into the actual life. They don't just keep the persona of the basketballer on 100% of mm -hmm. the times. And as I'm thinking about it, I think Dave Chappelle's Netflix things came out around that same time. Mm -hmm. The edification <laughs> you get mm -hmm. from a Dave Chappelle special, because I believe that we are in the time of, everything is ebbs and flows, hills and valleys, cycles. And we are cycling back to the time where activism is back on the forefront. But I would like to be able to lend my, not voice, but assistance mm -hmm. to the things that I can, that I understand, and understand m more holistically, not just what the media feeds us. And we forget in the time of everything else going around that nothing is happening in isolation. The pandemic is happening. We, j we just went through our local general elections at home, mm -hmm. where for the first time in a long time, I could hear various people actually discussing outside of, we're dealing with the pandemic now. We have to deal with this pandemic in the future. Maybe I need to cast my vote in such a manner to decide to choose somebody that I believe will be best suited for the <laughs> treatment for the dealing with the, the COVID um, pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As opposed to, dude, every local and government elections where we have to hear tribalism, this, that, and yeah. the other. And it was nice to hear it from people who were 18 years to 35 years because that's the demographic with which I get plenty of interaction. I mean, the only ones are a little more set in their ways. A little more, little more set in, a little more set in their ways. That's the next podcast, yeah. But yeah, I, I, for me, I took the time to, yes, I missed my sports, but I did get some fills in, reruns. Mm -hmm. Even though you're watching a rerun, you swear you didn't watch the game before because it's the same cuss you cuss on the TV in my some dad, parts. My dad was my last, like, he loves cricket. And so he didn't know what to do with himself. So he would just put on the TV, watch news, and then he would get upset and turn it off. <laughs> and then they started to show reruns of um, cricket matches. And he would just sit down and watch it and ball, ball him. And yeah, I know. Like if getting into it, like if it's not as something, it's not, it's not like 10 years ago that, or whatever, right? IPL last yeah. two months. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Enjoy I... it. I exactly. know. Just to do reruns, and I, I do that all the time for yeah. games that I've missed. Like if I'm in work and they're, yeah. they're important games, you know, like be it Champions League, be it in La Liga or Champions League or whatever that I want to see. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I know these scores, sometimes I don't. But the, the path of the journey of the game yes. is beautiful, yes. right? So I have to go, I have to go in for the ride. So it's the same thing, Ravi goes, but you know the score, <laughs> this happened. <laughs> It happened at one, and I'm like, that's pointless. Like, I see, fact, I see in it. I see in I'm it. I'm seeing it now. You know, how we get to this point, and like sometimes it's like, okay, fine, if we win, it's fine. But it's like sometimes it's how you lose. It's like seriously, yeah. this is what we will give up. You know, points yeah. for. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I guess in terms of my fill, so yeah, I mean, so there was the, you know, I got a bit of the Netflix had a in, in addition to Last Dance. There was the because you sent me the the Barcelona the Barcelona. So I it was lined up for for me. So I looked at that, 
um, as well. I actually looked at um, Man City's journey with Pep Guardiola in the, in the, in the um, you know, on, their, on, their, on the, yeah. at the helm in the, in the, in the back, back um, you know, in the, in, in the back of that. One so. of the best names in the world. Pep Guardiola. Guardiola. Like, like, like set with some <laughs> name how could you, you, but how could he not be a football coach or something, right? With a name like Pep Guardiola. Yeah, so looking at that, so I've kind of get into a bit of the morning strategy or the strategy strategy of the game. But as Rez said, um, similarly to me, I follow a lot of different athletes on the platforms. And, um, you know, we all, as much as we live through a pandemic, um, you know, as black people, we also live through George Floyd. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's something we'll ever forget. And seeing, yeah. I, I think, as Teresa said, it, it was no longer very passive. People weren't towing the line. Um, you know, they were very clear uh, on, on where they stand and what they wanted. And here we are now, you know, the yeah. NBA, you know, having um, their workout. You know, and I know, Wes, you are very um, in-depth and passionate about it. But I mean, you know, looking at, Chris Webber's interview last night, you know, something stood out to me and he said, if now is when, not the time, when, when, then when, when, right, then when. And I think to me that encapsulates what I see from all the athletes globally, right? Oh. All the athletes globally, because it's and like, so young, this it's a naughty thing. Um, this guy, so, you know, I guess they woke, as they, they Chris, call it. Chris, Chris Broussard is an uh -huh. NBA um, covers the NBA, also mm -hmm. has his own podcast and different things, and he made a statement today, and he said it is high time that black athletes remember that white people could watch and marvel at your athleticism and be entertained by it, but they need to remember the power that they wield, and he said it is the first time in his lifetime, and he has been covering the NBA for upwards of 25 years. And he said it is the first time he has seen the collective use of their power so well. by what they did yesterday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he said people need to remember they are the engine that make the money. And you're referring to the, the, the walkouts. Because the Milwaukee Bucks, the Kenosha, I believe I may be mispronouncing the... Kenosha? Right. I may be mispronouncing it, but that is, this is about a half an hour away from Milwaukee. It is considered part of their district. Okay. It is why they reacted the way in which they reacted. And while the NBA was actually, the players were in the process of having a conversation about walking out, mm -hmm. they led it in that manner. In that time frame, the Bucks was able to demand to meet with the Attorney General of Wisconsin and have that meeting to okay. be informed that there are certain laws that have not been activated, which is why none of the police officers on the scene had body cameras. So if whichever civilian didn't see the need to the pick tapers. up his or her phone to tape, yeah. for everything that we see, I always wonder in the back of my mind how many things we do, do not, not see. see. So I think this could be the, you know, I think we discussed. Alright. <laughs> I feel about messing with Oh, we don't talk about the CPL. I mean, we don't talk about the CPL. I mean, I feel like we skip on the CPL. It needs yeah, to be, you know. Local, so yeah, CPL, the, yeah. the Caribbean Premier League is on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the T20 CPL is on. Um, 
I think many people, I remember when this was announced that it was still happening, um, I think the public was quite in an opera. Um, correct, I think, correct. Of course, yeah. naturally trying to understand because I think most people's minds go to a packed stadium. Right? The or oval, oval is overflowing with sleepers, right? Flowing with what? Placards of people? Correct. The cutouts, <laughs> you know, cut the digital cutouts. Yeah, you yeah. know, everybody like jumping up and... You know, I, I love the little chair, the little audio in the back, and the random groundsman, right? So, yeah. <laughs> the groundsman is and allowed the groundsman, in the bubble. He had to take care you know? of the field, man. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the best jobs one could have right now. What? Being yeah. able to freely everything. go out, right? Yeah. And you're looking at the match live. I mean, yeah. to me, it's a... It's a I, I, I mean, I'm sure Ralphie is somewhere out there, you know, the, the quintessential groundsman in Trinidad. Yeah. So, taking care of that. But, I mean... They so far what I've seen in terms of the organization and everything, mm -hmm. um, the protocols in place for the players have been really good. Um, and the matches themselves still high quality. I still see the passion in, in what I yeah. what I see from the from the players. One can say, well, it's your bread and butter, but you yeah. know, still. Um, we all know as playing as, as you know, at least although at not that level, um, not having a, a crowd or somebody exactly. watch a spectator, you know, it could be could be a bit it's a off, different but atmosphere. Different exactly, atmosphere. it's a very different atmosphere. But I'm seeing them still giving the given the, yeah. giving the um, us at home and the viewers a, a really good um, really good, good show. show. Um, Daddy got upset with somebody yesterday because <laughs> somebody wasn't batting well, and uh -huh. I can remember, but he was, was very it? very. You remember the, the team? No, it was okay. in the morning. Was just so really TKL annoyed. played Zook in the morning. It was probably Zook. So okay. Annoyed. Okay. Somebody annoyed him. Yeah, because TKL won by Sam. So TK the Trinidad um, Trinidad and Tobago Night Riders are now on top. They are on top of the table. They are the only unbeatable team in the CPL, right? Okay. So big up, big up to the TKR. Big congrats and shout out to um, you know Bravo. Dwayne Bravo or DJ Bravo as he as we as we also well, know him fondly the champion. Mm -hmm. um, he actually celebrated his 500th uh, T20 wicket yesterday, so that's a big achievement. Oh, yeah. And so, to do I saw, it, I saw wicket 501 for clean bowl. Yeah, bold. yeah. So bold, as so I... that was also quite spectacular to see. So we hope that we can uh, continue our great run um, and um, you know lift the CPL trophy once more. You think Matthew lifts a trophy? <laughs> <laughs> well, one one can argue whether or not he lifts. He lift, whether the question is whether or not he lifts the trophy with Barcelona. So I know uh, you all are waiting with me. I am a. At this I, point in time, we are about to leave. Yeah. Well, our allegiances lie, which Correct. is very funny because for eighteen years, I know the very funniest of relationships here, Ariana mm -hmm. Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. is a Barcelona supporter and a French woman. I do not understand it. Seeing that we still somehow managed to get along, I know. Because I am a Madridista and a Brazilian. So I, you know, it makes for interesting conversations. Woke up a couple years ago it was a little rough for me, but I shall live through yet another Barcelona transition, and I think this one is will probably be one of her more rough experiences rough. because I think she genuinely appreciates the player and her club. One of the few people that I know of supporting Barcelona for their whole life. You know, <laughs> so I, I can count on one hand the people like her that I know both male and female. Barcelona's a big club. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but, but not but not supporting not them. Support, no, not supporting not like that. Not okay. true high and low, low not and high. Yeah. Low, mm -mm. No, no, yeah, no. Not, not like that. She lived through her. I mean, your boyfriend was there, you know, Ronaldo used to be there. And she left you, he leave. Yep. And Rivaldo leave. 
Mm-hmm. And Ronaldinho leave. Yeah, it was a it was a point. You know, she, she has lived through a lot. Yeah. This one, however, is a rough one. It was glorious when Thierry came, but you know he. And then he left. left yeah, but you, that was short lived. Yeah, no, it was not short lived. <laughs> okay. He played the Carla quite a decent run because that was the days of Ronaldinho and stuff when he was there. True. Yeah, I forget to yeah Neto. So, so yeah, I mean, I think for Bar- for me with the with the Barcelona. So so, okay. So I mean, we were it was a. Uh, is absolutely demolished in the Champions League, right? Let's let's yeah. call it for what it is. Um, I knew we were going. Decision. So I knew we were going to lose because of the fact that I, I've been looking. Defense. I've been looking for my defense all season. Yeah, right, whole season. So I knew when I saw Bayern's form and I, when I see I saw who we who who we drew. I'm like, yeah, dog's dead for sure. Yeah. I called it like about a five two, yeah. But then after the fourth one, while watching the game, I say we good for ten, and you have wow. to be able to say that because you have to be able to be honest. Yeah. And it's not about you have to look at the football and you have to look at the the, the form and the size and you have mm-hmm. to look at also, you know, just on the day and and just how they're playing, you know what what really is really. I had no hopes. I absolutely had no hopes if I, if I was really serious to you. I mean, after mm-hmm. seeing the eight, I go, I actually go, you're lucky it wasn't 10. Yeah. Right? That, that's really how it ended. I think with Messi, I knew at that point, literally, well, we knew, you know, um, Setien was, was his, his job. His days were, were gone. Gonzo, for sure. Right? That's the quote. So I knew he was going to be fired. Um, you know, funny story. They got Eric Abidal, who was the director, the sporting director, mm-hmm. the you know, just weeks ago, to actually to actually fire the coach, and then they fired Eric right. Abidal, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the that is the that is correct. You do the dirty work and you go. And I mean, Abidal too. I mean, he should have known better because he came through the system. He came through the system, and I was the really disappointed with him as a sporting director because I really did see him as a puppet. I see him as a puppet for Batman to actually to control. Um, and if you're the sporting director and you're looking at your side and you're looking at your bench and you're just seeing, well, we have no defense. Get defenders. Like, I don't understand. And yet, you have a, you have a youth um, training, training um, camp that is the academy, mm-hmm. that is world-renowned. Look at how many players... Some it's of the greats. Look, actually, look at how many players on Bayern as well, or even PSG came from Barcelona. Came through, right? Imagine you have Coutinho. You went yeah. and loaned Coutinho to Bayern to, then, to dust you out to so to go. And now you had to pay him five million because exactly. you were Champions League. Exactly, right? So these are the things. So you have that academy. Years now, and I've been seeing it about the last, I would say, last five six years now. They've, they've actually completely almost use that academy as leverage and they absolutely monetize it. So you see the youths coming up or whatever, it's like, okay, who I can get for free and who I can move. So it's literally just dollar signs and not building a club and a foundation. And here we have it, right? When Bartimi became president, probably one of the best things this man ever do, or probably the only thing, was actually fight for Luis Suarez to join. And as many people don't really remember that, right? But I remember that. Because I, I remember many people. Didn't he want, was at Liverpool then? Yeah, he didn't. They want uh, that he was Liverpool, like kind of. Didn't he? Um, didn't they? That won the, um, the thing in England. Where's Gold Arts again? 
That was the time that he was, yeah. That's when he was in the World Band for the World Cup. So they fought and they brought him, right? And say what you, and I mean, I think, I think he thrived at Barcelona, if you know, as we looked. And I think it's because of the support system and looking at the Barcelona, the Netflix documentary and the series that they have, I could understand why. Um, he really did confide a lot in Messi, and I think he saw a lot, of, got a lot of strength there. Mm -hmm. um, so both in and out of, on the field and on, off the field. Um, I think as well, I'm sure he had to go to some sort of therapy because I always thought that it was already, you know, that was not just normal to be biting, biting. To be biting people, right? Um, so, I, so I think they also supported him from that mental health aspect, which is also important. However. For probably every the one good thing Bashmir did for the five years, yeah, he probably did. He actually, you know, was very him and the board. I would say it's not just him, but him and the board. Um, you know, the, you know, more or less destroyed. Um, well, try to destroy Barcelona, and, and now it had to be. You know, you know how we say you have to burn, let it burn to the ground to rebuild. To build this is essentially what has happened here. Um, you think he let it? You think he? came in there with the intention of letting it burn or it was just um, corruption and you know how corruption causes things to just kind of crumble. I think he came in there thinking that he can be the most successful president from a financial standpoint. Uh, make it the right? most lucrative. Make it the most lucrative and maximize and more get than more than more. And I think it was, you know, the, 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 the mafia. The yeah, the mafia side, but we all have their own problems, eh? trust me. But um, he's, it was more of, his, I, think every, I think as you, as, you, as you get to those levels and after a while, mm -hmm. right, you do things that are very self-serving. So I think at, at a point in time, you want to be the most successful or, or mm -hmm. the best. You have your individual goals that supersede exactly. team goals. But I'm sure it goes without saying that there were also other little agendas because we have so many other secret stakeholders and, and, and people that we don't even see and we don't even know about really right. that I'm sure... They have all those little agendas coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So trying to now please all everyone, you, you, you end up to a point where it's, it's, you're non-convergent and it's just conflicting and something, everything just subsides, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think it was a lot of that. I, I, I don't think anybody ever goes in wanting, wanting to fail, but I think with him in particular is that he didn't listen to his main stakeholders, and that was the players. I think because they started to see players, you are a commodity, basically. Yeah. You don't have a say yeah. in this. Um, and we do recognize, I mean, we work for organizations and we understand, you know, how that works. But we also understand that approach is never successful. And we've seen it. We've seen it time and time again, right? And it could be football club, yeah. it could be an organization. Um, you know, in, in, in normal, um, normal working environment. So I think, I think that's a combination. And I think with, with, with Messi, I know him and Eric Abbott, he, he did call Eric Abbott out because what, what he, 
what I think men, and he doesn't, as you know, he's not someone any limelight. He doesn't yeah. speak about those things. I think he has, he's shy, right? He's, he's quite introverted and he's very shy. Um, you can tell that as well as the fact that I think that he has um, extreme loyalty. You could tell. You right? Can, you can tell. He's been there forever. And he has extreme loyalty to the people around him. So that's yeah. why he stays out of, if he's on the field, you see him. But you don't, you see him and his wife and his kids and his friends or whatever, but you don't really see him talking about that. So the minute that you hear him post something or you see him post something about, um, I remember it was last year or a few years ago about Eric Abidal where uh, Valverde actually was still the coach. And he released um, some comments where he tried to say certain players, you know, said X, Y, Z. And I think that... Um, Messi doesn't like that because of the fact that he knows he's like, hold up, I don't be seeing anything. So when you have certain players, you have to be real specific. And I remember that was the first thing I realized. I was like, okay, something happened here for Messi to actually be this vocal, right? So a lot of things, as we know, is politics and these things, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think all in all, with him leaving, it's a combination of he was, of course, extremely frustrated. Now, people love to say, when Barca win... It's messy. But when they lose, it's not him. I've always found that Barca is a team. Like, I, I mean, the same girl yeah. for a while. They, they have had the same team. And it's a well-oiled team. Yeah. I've always so, admired that about them. So my thing is, is that it's a bit disingenuous to say that. And I think the part, the, the, the role on, his, on the field lends itself to that statement of when they win, it's because of him. You have to look at his work ethic and you have to look at his unselfish play, but also strategic play on the field. Mm -hmm. So on paper, he's a forward. Mm -hmm. But in, for me, he's an attacking midfielder. He plays really, really deep. So when you look at the assists, why they say, okay, when people, when they win is messy. Well, well who's, who's the assist, right? Who's distributing the ball? Who's actually setting up the players? I'm not saying... Other people aren't. I mean, you have, you know, you have Jordi Alba, you have some of the other youths, um, you know, like Ansu Fati and all of them, you know, coming up. But at the end of the day, Messi is in the middle. He's in a critical role in any team, you know. So it's like saying if Manchester City wins because Kevin De Bruyne, what role he plays, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's like you have to be, you have to be realistic. Now, on the losing side of things. There are games that everybody know. I mean, if you are any football fan, and it doesn't mean that I have to be, you know, biased to Messi. He's had terrible games. Yeah. Terrible misses. Misses on the, at the worst time possible. But which footballer hasn't? So you can't tell me that the one time Messi don't play good, mm -hmm. Barca lose, and it's like, is Messi fault that they lose? That's yeah. not what we're saying. You understand? So I think, but that goes hand in hand with the pressure, right, of, of players like them. And, and I mean, in the same level as, as um, I guess, goes hand in hand with, um, with Cristiano as well. But I think all in all, him leaving now, I think what triggered it is one. Again, come back to the loyalty. The way that they've treated with Luis Suarez, I, I feel as well, you know, it, it's quite, it was quite poor. I think Coleman coming in, I, I do believe that they needed a non-Spanish coach and a coach who never coached, I would say, La, only La Liga and have that breath, right? Of course, I, 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 that's what I wanted. 
I think Komando and his Dutch arrogance came in really hot and sweaty, and I think a lot of words were passed at a, in a time that was really delicate and sensitive. So I already start to question his, I would say, emotional intelligence and leadership, which is what you need, especially at this time, at the helm of the club, right? Um, so I think the combination of saying you just terminate, you call Suarez and say you have no role in my club, I'm terminating your... You, when you terminate your contract, it means you get, no, you get nothing with full effect, right? It, with, with immediate effect, sorry. Um, that's what it means. So it's a slap in your face. And then to boot, I think in the conversation that he had with Messi, mm -hmm. he also came across really arrogant to say, you know, I'm the new sheriff in town. Now, you don't come to somebody who's had all those years. I mean, there's a, there's a bit of grace and respect that you have yeah. to give to somebody in the club. And I think... I think that combination of the timing and having some, I guess, some history with, um, you know, looking at that is, is, is um, I think all in all that, that's where I see it. But it'd be sad, but, you know, life goes on and I'm still going to be a Barca supporter. Thank you for listening to For the Love of Sports and Everything Else with your hosts, Ariana Emanuel and Teresa Lazama. This episode was produced by Daniel Lewis, with special mention to Three Pelham. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share.